0: On this episode of the Design Deducts podcast, we talk with Megan D. and Mina Khalili about pivoting to online teaching during interesting times with the coronavirus. Without delay, let's start the conversation. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Design Deducts podcast. Um, We have a, uh, I guess you'd call it a special episode. Um, with kind of the situation that all of us are in as design educators. So today I asked um, Megan D. and Mina Khalili to join me and uh, talk with you guys a little bit about what we're up against and some things that we're uh, working through as design educators, some resources that are out there, and how we can uh, all work through this. So uh, really quick, I'll introduce uh, Megan to start start us off. And um, Megan, if you want to just dive right into the topic. Let's uh, have a conversation about it.
1: Okay, sounds great. So I am the chair of craft design at Virginia Tech and co-chair of the AIGA Design Educators Community Board. Um, And well, should we introduce Mina as well? Yeah, sure. Hi.
2: Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Nina Kalili, Assistant Professor of Design at the University of South Carolina, and I am also a board member of the AIGA Design Educators Community with Megan. Excellent.
1: Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot around this topic to get into. And so I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about housing and food for students. So a little bit less so at um, the college university level and institution level than sort of k-12 through 12. but still uh, many students their housing is through campus housing and apartments and all of those sorts of things so it might be a good check to be doing with your students to make sure they still have uh, safe housing and access to um, food and all of that sort of thing i'd also say that uh, the mental health impact of this is pretty severe i know i have a lot of students with anxiety some that have already reached out uh, formally through my university uh, and you know getting their needs accommodated in that way but uh, the cdc actually puts out advice for mental health on this but it can be a good reminder to do for your students as well because there are some pretty severe impacts of social distancing Uh, and then another big issue is discrimination, particularly against uh, our Asian students and our international students. So I know Virginia Tech, for instance, put out a statement, you know, making sure that you're looking out for your students and that you can report any sort of discrimination that you see, either through Title IX or other channels or local law enforcement, but, uh, at Virginia Tech, we have a model called Up Prozone that I may serve, but there really is—I've seen from my students a nice attitude of giving back and kindness. So, kind of reminding your students of that kindness and supporting each other through this. Uh, and if you know of any of the students in your classrooms, I know I only have usually about twenty students in my classes, so it's easy to know if you have an international student and. You know, maybe they're having a hard time because they're here from England and what are they going to do if there's restrictions on travel, those kinds of things. So maybe connecting with them as well. Uh, And then there's just some practicality issues. So for things like low income students, uh, do they have software? Uh, Mm -hmm. Adobe was really awesome and has released free software uh, to the Creative Cloud through May. Uh, Google's got a lot of good alternatives as well, but there's also students who might not have regular internet access. I found out today that Xfinity is now open to anyone for the next two months. So if you have hotspots, that helps with some people who might not regularly have free internet access. But not all students even have a computer at home. so uh what do you do for students if you're in a video class and then suddenly they might not have access to a render farm let alone a laptop Uh, so a lot of this is going to be about pivoting that sort of thing Uh, and giving the same respect to staff and faculty administrators also uh, a little bit of managing expectations both of yourselves and others and Again, I think if we can support each other and treat each other as humans first, it'll help with a lot of this, with the whole goal of reducing spread and flattening the curve and all of that. Although I think that the main goods of what we want to talk about is probably that how do we deliver content? So that really is, uh, it's not the same as just teaching an online class that you plan to teach an online class. I'm teaching packaging this semester. It's hard to not have 3D models and printing and doing those kinds of things. So it's going to be different than we planned for and that's okay.
2: And I think on the heels of that, Megan brings up such great points about self care and, and about acknowledging resources that might be available to students um, and even faculty. Uh, let's mm-hmm. take a step back and at least acknowledge that um, at something that Megan had just mentioned, that um, n- these faculty who are uh, pivoting um, great term uh, in, in the middle of a semester um, to teach an online class, uh, they uh, may not be as well-versed in technology as um, some graphic design professors may be, and that is okay. I don't think that it is a requirement um, or should be a requirement of those in the studio arts to make entire course packets uh, to deliver online, whether it be for two weeks or for the entire semester. At University of South Carolina, we are currently at a two-week out position, where we're mm. supposed to come back to classes on April six. Now that remains to be seen. There's no. Uh, that's the last confirmation, but there has been rumblings and we're not sure I, and, and understandably so and i know virginia tech as megan had mentioned to me the other day um i believe that they're for the rest of the semester they are um yeah they're online
1: yeah they uh, it happened while we were on spring break last week they extended our spring break by one week and then we're moving completely to online and they have actually banned all faculty travel both yeah. internationally and nationally uh,
0: yeah, we're in a very similar, uh, situation. Sorry about that, Mina. Um, no problem. Where, <laughs> fine. we are, um, all on campus classes are canceled for the yeah. re- remainder of the semester online okay. classes. And, um, the toughest thing that we're seeing right now is, um, what about our senior exhibition? You know, yeah, so right. when we get an opportunity, we'll touch on that too. Go ahead, Mina. There's,
1: um, We were just talking about that this morning. Uh, We had an emergency faculty meeting, as I'm sure a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, there's a a thread I was seeing on a forum through Facebook, of course, but uh, about pivoting to an online uh, exhibition, which I think is our tentative plan right now. I don't have the capstone class this semester. uh, But I do think um, not just the exhibition, if there's any sort of capstone experience, but also how we take care of our seniors, uh, in particular during this time, I think is important.
0: Sure. They're all expecting graduation in, in just a a month or, or, or so. So there's a lot of, um, anxiety I'm sure with a lot of them. Mina, what were you, um, about to say? Yeah. uh,
2: So I, I was going to just sort of keep going a little bit on the, um, on the studio art uh, perspective, because I, I, again, I know we have graphic designers who are going to be listening to this. And I also know that we're going to have students who might be interested in listening to this, but farther branching, you know, I think that this particular podcast is so timely that it might, um, it, we might have studio arts uh, faculty and students who might be listening. So I, I do uh, want to yes. at least mention and embrace that uh, my partner is a studio art faculty member. And, um, you know, for, for the, those classes, there are a bunch of different ways that you might um, be inspired to move um, to sort of move your classes to a um, in an, in a sort of more technologically connected way, but you don't necessarily have to create a class that is, for online delivery, and and I guess that's my bigger overarching point is that the pressure that might be on some of these faculty members that I'm I've certainly been seeing to create course content seemingly overnight um, that teaches principles of um, basic uh, uh, layout design or or printmaking things like that. I would I would encourage you to to use this time to get creative to um, instead of thinking that you have to do it in the same exact way as it may may have been done before, but now digitally um, to question uh, if you're in sculpture to question uh, what is around you that might actually make uh, a a great um, uh, uh, project or exercise and it might become Less about larger projects and more about exercises it might become larger a larger more overarching um, uh, sort of a sprint in curiosity um, I, I all i'm saying is that it might become something uh for you that is less um, uh high stakes um, delivery and m- more um exercises in uh, curious uh, content or different ways of delivering um, those small projects from your students. So I also want to unpack the idea um, that we've been discussing of um, uh, travel bans, or we've mentioned travel bans. Um, As a junior faculty member, I had to cancel um, a conference, a a workshop, a talk, And uh, luckily, all of my artwork is still at different exhibitions. So, you know, all of those exhibitions are still happening, um, even though their openings are being delayed. Um, Mm -hmm. These, as a junior faculty member, are... are way heavy because my CV and all of the work that I need to do, um, tenure seeking um, is uh, is is all supposed to be accounted for. So I, I want to at least acknowledge uh, that for everybody who is a uh, junior faculty member who might be in the same position, um, I would encourage you to go ahead and and put those uh, uh, lines on your CV, put an asterisk there and and say, you know, Uh, canceled or moved or postponed due to um, and and acknowledge the national emergency that we're under right now. Um, I would not remove those things or be uh, in mourning over those things. I would acknowledge that, you know, you have received confirmation of those things, but unfortunately, um, due to uh, over-extenuating circumstances, you couldn't actually perform them.
0: That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually going to take some of that advice myself. There was a, a... Project that's, it's it's a longer project that'll be in the works for quite some time, but um, for this semester, it'd still be great to still document that. Uh, Megan, can I ask you to talk to us a little bit about the um, AIGA Design Educators um, website, so educators.aiga.org. There's a page that's up there um, for pivoting to teaching remotely uh, mid-semester, um, the articles, uh, design education resources and considerations for dealing with uh, coronavirus. Um, <clears throat> do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, this, this particular page and some of the information that's on it?
1: Yeah, so uh, what we tried to do is pull together a resource as uh, timely as we could for this. Uh, Which was so very I- rapid,
0: so I, I- Admire the, the speed that you guys got this together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was sitting in an Airbnb in Charlotte uh, working on a couch when I woke up to try to put this thing together with some other members remotely. So, um, and I know that it was great to get contributions from outside faculty as well for that. So, I've been um, impressed and also overwhelmed by how many resources have been available. Um, To everyone, I know we've got some efforts uh, going to try to compile them in one place or reduce those because it really does start to feel like bombardment when you're getting, Mm -hmm. I think any company you've ever ordered anything from is emailing you to tell you what they're doing and every organization (laughs) you're a part of and every level at the university or institution you're at is probably sending you emails and so just keeping up with it while trying to take on this is a lot but we wanted to uh, get something out there and also connect people with some of the resources i know the design teaching resource while not specifically for online teaching only uh, is a free place to share projects and get project ideas Uh, and also just hearing from people who are going through the same thing and putting that all in one place. We've seen record increases on our Facebook uh, discussion group that we have for the AIGA design educators community. So, uh, and the things that I'm finding there are, it's just a wealth of information. I know Mitch Goldstein and some other people are trying Mm -hmm. to put together a video archive as well. Yeah, yeah. AIGA.
0: uh, Alice and Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I know AIGA already has their own YouTube uh, channel, so you can see a lot of the previously recorded conference sessions and things like that. TypeCon also has a lot of their sessions online, Um, and I know we're working um, at Virginia Tech to pull in old alumni to speak to our classes remotely, and whether you're communicating across your own institution or sharing that with others as well. Uh, the, the, if there's a bright side to this, I think people really have been coming together to put mm-hmm. together this and to help other people. Uh, I know, uh, SEGD has put all of their, uh, environmental design resources online for foundations as well. So it's, I'm really impressed by the companies that are not trying to profit off this Definitely. and are instead, you know, doing the right thing.
0: Yes. Yes. Even Adobe, uh. It's taken them a little bit of time, but I can just imagine the millions mm-hmm. of licenses that they've got to figure out to help our yeah. students out. Hey, um, Mina, can you? So we know the power of of um, online meetings and online communication, mm-hmm. right? In this remote yeah. video conferencing world,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what are we facing though with limitations? Because it it'd be great to say, okay, all my students, let's meet at regular class time yeah. on this meeting platform.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what, so. What do you, what are your thoughts sir? <laughs> yeah,
2: um, the oh, limitations. Um, I, I, I want to start by acknowledging the fact that um, our students are going to be somewhere <laughs> um, trying to remotely access whatever platform it is that we will be asking them to access. So uh, for my, my courses, we actually are already, you, we've been using Basecamp um, as our, uh, sort of project management, um, uh, portal. And we've been using that for a long time. So, uh, we were, we were poised in a good place to, to be able to say, okay, well, we have a catch-all for the, uh, the design work that you're going to be doing for, uh, delivering a, you know, to be able to chat with you whenever you need to, and various communication tools like that. Um, but, but that's a normal, that's, that's just our normal. So what happens when you have a student or a, a group of students who might be um, sharing their living space um, or their Wi Fi or their connectivity or their laptops may have siblings or they have uh, working parents um, who are also utilizing those resources. So one of the uh, ways that I am uh, personally uh, sort of uh, adjusting um, my expectations for this is by uh, allowing students to, um, I actually acknowledge my virtual office hours now on my signature and my email. Um, I have the office hour times for the very the two classes, I'm on a 2-2. Um, so the two classes that I teach, I have the office hours listed. Um, and I am using Calendly which is um, a, a free service that you can uh, pick up and use uh, to allow students to um, schedule times with you. Um, you can, if you have a Zoom platform, you can just link Zoom right into Calendly. Uh, and that's actually becoming a really great resource for me and my students uh, to allow for more flexibility. Um, one of the things that I don't want to do um, is. Throw a lot of new and different deadlines at my students or new and different times at my students What I'm doing is keeping my class times as they have been But making those meetings optional and asking them to meet with me once a week so at least i get that touch point with them they have a conversation with me maybe they're not having conversations with many people i you know i'm not Mm -hmm. sure what their lives are like um but we not only have email and chat communication but we will also have face-to-face check-ins and again like i said we're doing those once a week. Um, they are based on those students' schedules for, for like a 10-minute time frame uh, within the window of time that our class would typically be scheduled. So I think this is the kind of flexibility um, that Megan um, has had been mentioning um, to just sort of like, just sort of pivot and change a little bit to adjust uh, how flexible you might be being. Yeah. Um but again, allowing those resources, because I think this is also really important, allowing those resources to remain stagnant on some sort of portal for your students or some sort of area for your students or whatever portal you're using for that kind of information would be good because then they can get to it whatever time they might need to. I personally am a working parent. I have, you know, I'm sure that we have students out there. Um, That I've had many students who have children and uh, for a lot of them, they they will have to do their work at night um, after 730. So also allowing uh, those students or all of your students across the board to be able to upload or uh, your have your deadlines set for like 1159 um, instead of like early in the morning or something like that, because mm-hmm. again, um, you just don't know what time of day these students or caretakers, um, if they may be, uh, will be able to do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned calendar, Calendly. Uh, I'm using it as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, I think you can have up to three different, um, meeting types under the free account, mm-hmm. which is nice too. Yeah. So if you're on a three, three load, you could set one up for each class. Yeah. Um, Good point. The one thing that I'm concerned about that I'm sure the many others are at the University of Central Arkansas, we have a lot of um, distant uh, areas, a lot of very remote areas. And even some of our faculty, when we're not on campus, have very poor Internet connection. And the other thing is, um, I think a lot of our students uh, come from families that may not have a computer at home. I know many of our students don't even have a computer. I don't know if you're uh, facing any of that, Megan, or not, in uh, in uh, in the Virginia area or not. Or
1: Yeah, well, I just want to add something to what Mina was saying. And I think the yes. discussion surrounding uh, synchronous or asynchronous learning is really important. So uh, I think flexibility is really the key there. So, uh, again, be understanding of your students, and especially since I know everywhere in Virginia now, K-12 schools are canceled for at least the next two weeks. Meaning well. even if you're not a parent, you might have a younger sibling or, you know, be caretaking for someone who might be getting sick. Um, so being flexible in that timing, and I think that will help for the Internet access as well. So I'm trying to utilize or I will be trying to utilize multiple channels. So still have some face-to-face option or video face-to-face options in there because I think the social isolation can be hard on people. So there's something still nice about getting that screen sharing and checking in with maybe some set up small groups, but I'm not going to be holding the attendance standard at all in the same way. So being flexible with the options and as long as people are hitting their deadlines with the projects and those kinds of things and making sure I'm still getting them content, you know, that's the big stuff. I'm actually, As far, oops, oh, I'm sorry.
0: sorry. I was just going to uh, interject really quick. Um, we haven't had spring break yet. That comes up mm. next week. So um, we got noticed Friday that our face-to-face classes were canceled and then we now are going online. And they told students by Tuesday, all faculty will have something in order for them. I've <laughs> actually pondered this for a very long time. My classes, I'm actually going to reach out to them and tell them that we're going to take a short Yes, from my classes, and we'll pick up after spring break, because I'm sure with their with their four or five class load, and some of them the you only know, the honor students with six, um, there's a lot coming at them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take an opportunity for my class to take a little bit of breather and give them a little bit of little bit of space. But sorry, sorry Megan, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think giving yourself time to prepare, and just as long as you're clear with your students about what those expectations are and what those shifts are. Um, I, I think the more clear we can be with that kind of stuff, the better. Um, you were asking about low-income students and students without internet access or possibly even computers. Um, it's definitely, the I think, one of the biggest challenges schools and institutions are facing. Uh, we've talked about, for instance, for painting and classes like that here, of potentially setting up kits that you mail, possibly even Lysol and then mail. Yep. Yep. Um, It can be hard, though, if you've already used up your class fees and we're Mm -hmm. talking about possibly returning part of the class fees to students. So where's that money coming from, especially when everyone's kind of going on financial lockdown? Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about I'm not sure I'm going to do this Uh, again. I have a couple days to get my act fully together. But of mailing a little packet with a weekly sort of handout and then maybe some collage materials just because I do think there's something sort of nice about not having everything on screen, especially if you're teaching something like packaging where it's 3D and more physical. Uh, And I, I think there's something that can be a little stressful about having all of your time on screens, especially if we're trying to avoid the media. Uh, if you're stressed out. Uh, but it, I'm not entirely sure what the best options are there. So if other people have a, yeah. ways of solving that, I'd say please try to share those. Um, I, I think if people can, again, the asynchronous learning can help with that because people might have partial access to computers or internet access at times. Uh, Mina, do you have thoughts?
2: yeah I, I think these are some terms that we are becoming so much more familiar with, right? asynchronous and synchronous. even though we knew we probably knew them, we're we're hearing them so much more often now, um, applied to like our now our everyday rubber meets the road life. Um, yeah i I know that uh, at uh, University of Arkansas, they're gonna be doing uh, kits for uh, uh, some of those studio art students. Um that is also something that um I have heard rumblings about here at South Carolina. I'm not sure. Again, as a graphic design professor, I'm not sure that that they're going to be doing that. Um, and I know that uh, some of my former colleagues at University of Louisville will also be um, are also working on creating those kits. The problem in it is that we have to touch things. And, you know, for as long as this virus is um, living on surfaces, of course, we want to be careful. So I am torn about things like that. The type of professor that I am, like Megan, I would want to ship out fun things to my students um, to remind them that there is, if there's a difficulty at home, there's still joy in lear- in learning. Um, it it puts us in a very difficult spot, and and I understand um, that 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 is that is just it's a place where we're sort of sort of torn. Understandable
1: I I also think um, that flexibility applies to what your plans were too. So um, my university has a Tremendous number of books where the full texts are online Uh, There's (laughs) as we were discussing so many videos and things that are available I know that that requires some sort of you know connecting at some point or another but you know you can still get students a lot of information. So it might be more readings and responses or theory and so, uh, discussions. Yeah.
2: Some of the big things that I would say on the heels of that, um, it is just watch how large your files are because some of these students might have to be downloading with their data. We, we don't know what their uh, data position is, <laughs> um, right. you know, if they have unlimited or not, or if they're able to connect to Wi-Fi. Now knowing that so many of the Uh, places to eat are going to be shutting down. That means coffee shops with free Wi-Fi. That's another uh, capability Mm -hmm. that we once had that now we can't rely on. Um, I know that there are uh, buses, uh, like K through 12 buses here in South Carolina are equipped with uh, Wi-Fi. So they're going around to various uh, uh, areas and um, bringing lunches to the to the school kids who would typically get those lunches, but also providing that Wi-Fi service uh, for those students uh, who will be e-learning at home. Um, So uh, you know there are it's possible maybe to research those things about about those things in your area in particular and see what type of uh, capabilities your students might have in front of them. I am, however. I say that with the caveat that I, students are not required to inform us of these things, and to ask them, I just want to caution people about asking questions that um, might put students in a very uncomfortable position. Yes, thank um, you for
0: bringing that up. Definitely.
2: Yeah. So if we could just scale back, <laughs> like that's sort of how I'm starting to to see this. Is it yeah. Just be flexible. Scale back.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah, I had, but, I had t- two, two quick questions, um, and I'll come back to you, Mina, for the second one, and that's going to be about fairness in mm-hmm. project assignments. But Megan, if I can ask you quickly, thinking about smartphones, I think I have not had a student in probably four or five years that hasn't had a smartphone is this is is thinking about that instead of you know a macbook or a a PC or something like that completing work using a smartphone and I've actually seen some resources out there that kind of talk about that
1: yeah I think that's why a lot more say readings or possibly even engaging on social media if that's something students and faculty feel comfortable with I've seen really clever things happen on Twitter You can also be using hashtags with your classes that get more specific. And then that way you can check in with anyone that way. Um, I think being mindful again of that file size. Um, But even in the world where, okay, maybe your students have generally good internet access and laptops and software, even in that dream environment, um, our university has been telling us to kind of have a plan B. So mm-hmm. I I think, um, was it Microsoft Meetup? Sort of crashed. Oh, sure. Um, yes. I'm yeah. s- sorry if I'm making up the wrong company, dear company. I believe you're
0: correct. Correct me. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, but so they were saying, yes, you're using Zoom. Um, but what happens if the number of users on Zoom, I think our IT guide was doing the math this morning saying, all right, at Virginia Tech, if there's, 600 faculty and suddenly everyone's average class three a week meeting how many hours then how many thousands of classes per week are we looking at putting all on zoom so worrying that their servers might crash uh well to be honest
0: i was hoping that we wouldn't have any difficulties just putting on ourselves so yeah yeah
1: so, you know, there's Google Hangouts and there's Meet. So there's backups there. But we yeah. use Canvas instead of Blackboard. And But that also Google Drive, for instance, tends mm-hmm. to be easier to download than Canvas. But just maybe having your eggs in a couple different ba- baskets in this case. Yeah, um, and I think, again, just realizing, maybe assuming even that some of your students are going to have some issues and not asking for them to come forward with those, but just try to right. be understanding.
0: Yeah, to go back to some of the ideas about fairness uh, with project work, I've actually had a student, we're in the middle of an assignment in, in our uh, Graphics 2, which is our typography class. She's like, I really want to finish this project. I'm so excited over it. I'm actually, I mean, sure, go ahead and finish it, but I'm going to have to stop that project in its tracks, not grade it, and, and think of alternatives um, for the remainder of the semester. Um, and speaking about projects and social media really quick to reflect back on what you said, Megan, Mitch Goldstein has a, a webpage, um, mitchgoldstein.com forward slash obstructions. Uh, he shared that yeah. on social media. And that's that sounds like such a fun project, but it's an alternative to create something, you know? So Mina, can, would you want to at all talk a little bit about the fairness of project work? Uh, and maybe some things that are important to think of.
2: Oh my gosh! Well, certainly. Okay, so if you're teaching, um, I, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I'm sort of like uh, f- figuring this out as I go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. If, yeah. if you're teaching a class, and and also we should be telling our students that I I have no qualms uh, with telling my students like, this is new to me too, guys. <laughs> I really. <laughs> nobody planned for this I certainly didn't this is brand new thankfully we have these systems already in place where we can communicate with each other Um, but uh, but to answer your point about uh, fairness and projects um, if you are teaching a course that is like a foundations class maybe and so you have multiple levels of students you really have to be considerate of the fact that all. All of your students are going to need resources on how to accomplish particular tasks, say if you're doing a a project in InDesign or if you're doing an assignment or an exercise. And that's also a good point is that maybe naming these these projects or these graded assignments something other than um, a word project. Maybe it's exercise so that, that, again, we're keeping it lower stakes mentally that, that helps us. Um, a little bit, um, not feel quite uh, the amount of pressure that I think we would feel if we were hearing the term project, um, or even capstone, you know, for crying out loud. Mm, Um, So just again, scaling that back and using a different term, Um, but providing resources to our students on whatever platform we're using, whether that is Instagram using hashtags. I love that by the way, how accessible is that? Uh, we're, we're able to use Instagram on our phones. We're able to use it on our laptops. Um, we can use it in so many different ways and, uh, and that, that is a great resource. So yeah, if you're getting, getting the uh, resources to them, Say if it's uh, LinkedIn Learning because I know Linda has changed to that now, um, or if it's uh, you know YouTube tutorials or whatever the thing is. If you don't feel comfortable being on screen, because again, if we're if we're going to talk about fairness for our students, I also want to at least acknowledge that some professors do not uh, they they, they, their um, philosophies or their um, religious beliefs do not open up the. the idea of capturing their image and then saving like that. We have to, we have to at least acknowledge that there are different belief systems out there. So we can't just expect that our students and our teachers are going to, going to be open to uh, recording and visually mm-hmm. archiving their image. Um, that's the best way I know how to say that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so acknowledging that and then again, scaling back our expectations, but, Bringing as many resources as possible for an entire classroom that might be found online that, um, that can be shared um, across the board would be great. And then, like I said, just sort of like scaling back the, the names of the assignments instead of making them large projects, doing uh, quick exercises. Or if it is a large project, which is where my students currently are, they're finishing up, my students are currently finishing up a, the, a, a long-term project. And I'm going to be giving them this assignment this during this time, and they will have the rest of the semester to work on this project. So I'm actually giving them more time to work on a larger thing um, that, is, uh, th- that is confined within particular parameters. So hopefully that con- confining parameters will allow them to explore a little bit more inside of it but my yeah. students are have already spent 7 weeks with me and they they understand the way that i teach and and they're aware of that um yeah but in, in terms of grading and attendance i think that we again uh, attendance i don't know that i'm throwing it out the window completely but i think that how i'll be judging attendance will be are you meeting the deadline
0: i mm-hmm. i'm also thinking yeah, of participation know. you know how how much yeah. are they depending on what each each different right. one of us are asking yeah. um Another situation that we're facing, and I'm going to direct this question to Megan. Um, our university has canceled all face-to-face classes. The university is still open because we have a lot of students that dorm and uh, so all the food services are still open and what have you. Now, Friday, it was pretty active on campus. Friday was the first day, but it was surprisingly active on campus. Today, when I walked around campus, it's like summer break. There's nobody here. So another thing we're facing, too, is the idea of studio, right? Our university has said studios are open for students to use, which is kind of contradictory to the idea of not having people in the classroom. Right Now there's another situation where some of our faculty may be asking our students, maybe it might be printmaking, for example, and I know that's not what our printmaking professor is doing. But I've heard of faculty saying, well, our studios are open, the materials are here, come in and work. But we have to also respect the students that are very nervous about it or don't want to have that contact. Any any thoughts on what you're hearing about that for others in that same situation, Megan? And obviously we yeah. can't we can't direct them to what they want to do or what their university is telling them to to do, but just some words of advice or that.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say personally, uh, I am really discouraging Uh, having students come on campus more than they absolutely have to. Um, But that's the whole idea of stopping the spread or slowing the spread so we can accommodate for it. You know, I I think about my parents or other people, you know, and just want to make sure that the resources are available. And so I do think it's counterintuitive to say go. But on the same token, if students don't have a computer and don't have access to these things uh it's hard to say don't go in at all but I really think it should be a last resort I mean I have these sorts of things (laughs) as much as I can but you can't get you can't even get toilet paper so let alone Clorox wipes but I think if you are going to have labs open making sure that they're properly cleaned I know that we can put in requests with our cleaning staff here to use a special chemical in certain laboratories to make sure that it's uh, killing coronavirus strains. So there's probably things that other institutions doing similar. You can request heavy cleaning in spaces that would be used. Um, We, for instance, have a studio space for our graphic designers. They all left their stuff because at the beginning of spring break, it was quite a week, oh, you know, yeah, you weren't yeah. expecting to not be coming back. Right. Um, and so many of them did come back because they live here, have off-campus apartments, and it might be their primary residence sometimes. But uh, I think we initially locked the building uh, for off-campus hours. People usually had 24-hour access um, and were requiring that they coordinate visiting to pick up their stuff. Um, and we're even, or my inclination again would be to discourage them from coming in unless they really need their supplies. Yeah. So, but again, that's more me, not my institution. So I want to, Our
2: institution um, is like locked it down. Actually, they, they've closed everything. You're able to come in and get stuff, but you, you can't work there.
0: That's a good point. I wanted to bring up too, because now there's conversation among the faculty that are here today. Um and, and we're doing on-site interviews for open positions. Here this too, it's crazy. Um, we're hiring a director. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, welcome to our campus. Yeah. Nothing happens here. Um, <laughs> so one of the conversations <laughs> happening today was, sure, um, the campus is still air quotes open, right? But now there's talk of don't be surprised by the end of the week if campus is purely just closed and you can't get to campus. So I think we all need to be thinking about. What yes. w- now that you bring that up, Megan? You know what do we have in those offices that we're going to need access to and have at home? You know what textbooks, what what making materials or whatever that might be. I want to segue to um, talking about some different project ideas for inspiration. Not that you know, uh, I mean, I would be more than glad to say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Go ahead and try it. Um, but if we can inspire some or trigger some different ideas among people, but before I do that, I wanted to check back with Mina to make sure there was. Was was there anything else that you wanted to share, or Megan, anything you wanted to share before we talk about that idea of, um, that, hey, let's see if we can inspire some different things?
2: I, I will say this one thing, and I think this might be very helpful. Um, at some point, if you haven't already, uh, we will be contacting our students and informing them of logistically how the class will run for the rest of the semester, right? Yep. I will just I, I will just put out there, it might be a really good idea to require them to respond to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Requiring them to respond to you, um, just to say, I've read it, I understand it, um, I'm here. Um, and really that's all I would require. But at least it opens up communication if there is something that they need to tell you, or at least just tells you, hey, they have access to this. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't hear from certain students, you don't hear a response from them, that might be a red flag for you, um, uh, you know, and you might yeah. uh, handle that, how, how, you, how you would feel appropriate with your director, with your university. Um, yeah. But I would just put that out there is when you do reach out, having them uh, making it uh, a requirement to confirm receipt. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm actually yeah, especially... doing that today. Yeah, I'm doing that yeah. today. I'm going to do a Google Doc. It's going to be uh, unanimous. Um, so I'm not tracking any like who's who and who has what access to what, oh, yeah, yeah. but it's gonna give me numbers, so if I have fifteen students and all fifteen come back and say, I have internet, I have a cell phone, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know that those tools are okay to use with this class yeah. 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 sorry, megan I, yeah, go ahead
1: i I was doing something similar where I used a Google form, but it was more about um how we were to pivot because the packaging elective is the senior level class, so um. One of the questions was something like, I love packaging, keep with packaging, or is it maybe we should be addressing contemporary design issues, or rather, I need a little extra help with job applications and preparing to move now. Um, So just getting that information, having some optional, is there anything else you want me to know? Um, And I have the, I might send a packet if I, if you feel comfortable, but only if you feel comfortable sharing address uh, although I'm leaning more and more away from doing that. Um, uh, but the, those sorts of things. And I think you're right. If you don't have those check-ins with people, uh, it, particularly if attendance is no longer mandatory, make sure you're, you're seeing them if you can.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, do you mind, uh, segueing then into a couple, uh, project concepts at all?
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I feel pretty grateful that one of the last... Pro- I do have a whole other uh, class that I'm teaching, too, but I keep talking about packaging. But uh, <laughs> the the final project is going to be a little bit more conceptual anyway. It was going to be uh, rethinking uh, systems for usability. So looking at something like a Chipotle or how the design- dining services works and seeing if there's a way to uh, rethink... Um, the food packaging so it's sustainable, or maybe it's how you get your shampoo and conditioner. Can you refill those bottles? Uh, but in light of coronavirus too, I know for instance Starbucks has stopped letting you reuse the cups. So I, I might rewrite that project to make it more open in that you can either think about reusable and sustainable systems, or you can think about um, designing systems for helping deal with the virus. Is is it food delivery? Is it your local grocery store? Uh, How that pickup works to reduce human-to-human contact, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think there's a lot that would just be pivoted. Uh, I I keep saying that word, I guess, but uh, online a bit more. So uh, I like doing some of the user research and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like for that project, I was going to have people interview uh, some employees from whatever uh, restaurant or organization they were working with, as well as interview some clientele. So now it might be more of an online survey, like, have you ever eaten here? If so, blah, blah, blah. But finding other ways of gathering data, creating personas, that sort of thing. So I think we can still do these workshop sort of mm-hmm. handouts, even if they're digital handouts, and maybe they're turning in their handout rather than uh, you know, getting class feedback.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking, and I, and I told you that I had a, an idea with the packaging thing earlier. Um, even, even to the idea of, uh, an analysis, like finding a piece of packaging, one that's maybe not environmentally thoughtful or considerate and having them actually take it apart, break it down and see what it's made of and redraw it and Mm. look to see what processes might be made. Um, they could, and then maybe do that for a sustainable uh, product that, that they've come across, um, that it might be something they might have at home, you know, to look at that piece of packaging Mm -hmm. and, you know, can the amount of packaging be reduced to save on usage of materials, uh, usage of, you know, of waste and all that. So that's not a bad, uh, bad way to kind of add to that as well. Um, Yeah. So a lot of analysis, a lot of writing, you know, a lot of uh, research, research research-based. Um, one that I'm kind of excited about going back again to my type class, um, and from knowing my students, I, again, I know they all have cell phones and we were going to do kinetic type in After Effects. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did some research and I found there's a plethora of free stop motion apps for the cell phone. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to encourage them now to, um, do some stop stop motion kinetic type rather than in After Effects. One of the things we do along the semester is uh, analog creation of, of letter forms and type. Um, so I think it's going to work out, uh, fabulous. I think, you know, I still haven't processed the entirety of the project, but that's going to be something I'm going to, I'm going to try out, see how that works.
1: Cool. Yeah, it it is great how many of our students have smartphones. I've been able to do things with augmented reality using ArtiVibes, a free software, Adobe released Arrow for free. Um, but I think that has to be on iPhone or iPad, so that's a little limiting there. Um, but, and then there's a lot for the digital design. So I'm really not very worried about some of the app or user testing. I guess finding users might be harder, but Envision allows free stuff for students and there's some sharing we can do online and there's iterative designs you can do there as well. So. I feel like a lot of this stuff resource-wise we have at our disposal, which is a good position to be in.
0: Yeah. Just getting creative. Uh, Mina, talk about creativity. What are some of your
2: thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, actually, I think the more that we can embrace, uh, the, um, the apps that are out there, uh, to sort of shake some things up and maybe in the way that we would normally teach, um, a project or an exercise. Um, I, absolutely love this idea and um you know if it's a typography course and we are sort of even as professors uh, we're actually used to limiting our students parameters but if we are as professors limited um practicing what we preach or at least what i preach which is you know there's a lot of robust um work that can come out of having these finite um you know sort of like bumpers that you know on on your project so if if we can do that too, that might actually uh, turn out to be something really great for us. So, you know, what happens? um, I remember back when I used to uh, teach at Virginia State University, and I taught a a visual narrative class, I would have my students uh, create Vines. Now, Vine is not here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But we do have TikTok, you know, so, you know, there are are ways that we might be able to embrace some of these things. Um, And, and again, have have a little bit of joy come from that and i don't mean to be a pollyanna here i i realize that this is extremely serious and and we are in a position um of uh, for our students we're in a position of being for many of them the point of contact for information um if they feel like maybe our university or uh, the directors maybe aren't giving as much uh, information as they need and they're they're coming to us for that information we can we can help at least facilitate the the learning and the joyful experiences that might come from that um so yes we are lucky that we have these smartphone capabilities um and thank you (laughs) megan oh
0: god so yeah, yeah
1: we were playing around with our faculty meeting this morning everyone was on zoom and we spent a good majority of the time having different like Backgrounds yes. of ourselves, oh or like I took a bathroom and break and I replaced it. my head with oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Everyone that's listening to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, you now need to go find the video out. version. <laughs> the video version will probably be a couple hours behind the the audio podcast <laughs> yeah. today, but yeah,
2: yeah. But it's moments like that that can sort of break us out of this and remind us of our of our the the fun and being human. Um, so I yeah, Megan yeah. yes. I applaud yeah, you. Okay. That, that was great. Yeah, I, I Sp-
0: think that of too. Megan with I mean, Santa Claus and dogs and
1: Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Yeah, yeah Dexter oh, gets a, the name yeah, mentioned. That's Dexter, uh, that's, that's her dog. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, I've seen people say that the, showing pets in your Zoom videos is okay, and you know, having those real-world joyful moments and yeah, students you
0: know, need to know that we're just as human as they are. I think sometimes we be forget that with they you. look at us yeah. differently. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I uh, there is my FYI to my students, my 19 month old is going to make an appearance. Like, I yeah. I can't keep that from happening. She's out of school and she's a toddler and she runs around, and this is yeah. my life. Um, and and again, I think to any you know artist, parent, academic out there, um, again, that that is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I reminded my students right away that if there was ever a um, a, a, a way to see what the real world uh, can be like in terms of professional uh, work. Um, th- right now is it. We cannot always have face-to-face conversations and face-to-face uh, discussions about projects or work. Um, so this this does provide a, a little bit of uh, professional world experience in, in a way.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to be nice too for our students to see us as those real people that we are uh, really quick uh story is one of our one of our students um ran into me at a coffee shop and you know we walked out together and she seen me get into my vehicle which is a Jeep Grand Cherokee, an older one, you know, um, not too old but old enough, uh, where it's paid for her. <laughs> but it was like, Oh, you you drive that and I would looked at her like, Well well yeah, why? She goes, Well I didn't I didn't see you in, in that vehicle. I'm like, Well what vehicle did you see me in? you know? So for them to start seeing us in in our environments as real people just like them we'll be uh empathetic to them yeah interesting as well so yeah i wonder how many of my cats um will appear or we got a new puppy or you know so it'll be yeah. fun. it'll be fun and we need to let them know that it's okay too because they might be panicking <laughs> about you know yeah. it's like if you're in your pajamas you're in your pajamas that's fine you know <laughs>
1: Get, they, they can turn it's their like, video oh, feeds off too. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they show up in that's pajamas true. already. Yep, so. that's, yeah, that's true. Too. <laughs> they um, do.
2: Yeah. I do. I do want to just take a moment and, and at least acknowledge that the AIGA DEC, the design educators community is a constant resource. We want to, make sure people know that, um, that we are and will continue to be the soundboard for educators across the community, Um, our Facebook feed, Megan, um, what else, how else can they get in touch with us or at least see what we're doing?
1: Yeah, the educators.aiga.org, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but I'd say Facebook discussion group is probably the one that's been most beneficial with what's going on with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Um, And i'm on there so you can feel free to uh message directly um not always fast you know need social media breaks uh and all that kind of stuff but and uh i can provide my contact information to pete as well if he wants to share that um yeah yeah, so i think it's important to know that everybody's sort of thrown in this so you know you're you're not alone from the uh mental standpoint but also resource wise there's a lot out there you know have some of the, the speaking of pets going by I yeah. think I saw a cat. You, I mean, you I mean. did. No you saw cash no, or I'm losing my mind and I saw, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah cash. I was like Did you get a cat? No, okay no, I uh, a cat. so only slightly <laughs> mo- losing my mind. But uh you know those sorts of things <clears throat> of it, there's stuff out there. There's videos out there.
2: Yeah. It and, and we'll continue to share those. And again, you know, there are lots of people out there who are who are doing the same thing. And, and to, if you ever wanted to know who your community was, it's becoming very clear.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: And uh, uh, yeah. the, oh, the last thing I was going to say is the DEC is hosting a virtual roundtable on the 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern. That'll be with myself, Rebecca uh, from Michigan State, Natasha from University of Houston and Christina. Um, who's a senior lecturer in graphic information technology at Arizona State. So if people want to continue the conversation, they are welcome to.
0: That'll be fantastic. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate what the uh, Design Educators community is doing. I appreciate what all of our colleagues across the nation, even around the globe, uh, are doing. I have some colleagues that are overseas that are also, you know, doing their part to try to, you know, work through it with everyone here. Um, we have a great community, that's for sure. So um, just everybody hang in there, uh, keep following along, keep assisting each other, um, and it's going to be a great end of the semester for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Thank Thanks, you guys Pete. so much. Uh, until the next time, I hope you guys have a relaxing end of the semester.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Right. We'll try. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Okay. okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Once again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode.